Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Dr. Jim McKenzie with the Master Key. Uh, the first Monday of uh, the month of uh, February. <clears throat> and I pray that today has found you in the favor of God. And I pray that today was a day that you experienced the victory that the Lord Jesus Christ has wrought for you. I believe that your better days, our better days, is ahead, but it does not come without uh, the challenges or us being challenged. I've been uh, sharing some principles lately, and I want to probably, probably break some of these things down. Um, um, I believe with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength, and I believe that our radio audience also believe, without a shadow of a doubt, that God is the creator of the heavens, the earth, the world, and all that dwells therein. I believe that our radio audience, the majority of them, believe that Jesus really is Lord, that he uh, was virgin, <clears throat> conceived, was conceived by a virgin, and... Uh, I believe that the majority of us believe that he died on Calvary's cross for the remission of the sin of the world. I believe the majority of us believe that he died and was buried for three days and three nights um, in the earth. Of course, his soul went to hell and uh, uh, was raised the third day. We believe that after he rose the third day, according to the word of the Lord, <clears throat> that he ascended to the throne of God and presented his blood and poured his blood out before the throne of God. We believe he came back and was seen 40 days, the scripture tells us, and he left 40 days. After 40 days on the earth, he ascended back to be with the Father and been there since. Uh... Uh, as a uh, the resurrected Lord, of course he he comes to us in our dreams and our visions, and he come and manifests himself to us. Um, we believe that. We believe that, according to John chapter sixteen, that Jesus is the baptizer with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He says, "One that's uh, is expedient that I go away. If I go not away, I cannot send a comforter back to you." And uh, the Bible does know that he will baptize us with the Holy Ghost and with fire. We believe that the Holy Spirit is uh, the representative of the Father and the Son in the earth realm in us. The Bible does know that the Godhead is in us. It is the Father who is at work in us both to will and to do all of his good pleasures, Paul says. But that's through the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to put some questions to you 
tonight. I started this yesterday uh, and I have a message I was intending to complete a message I started a few weeks ago and, and it seemed like I tried to get to it and said God is shifting, he's speaking. Now one of the uh, challenges uh, in the uh, body of Christ, I don't say the body of Christ, but, but a lot of people that do, do not understand uh, so many things we don't understand because we don't. None of us know the full counts of God, uh, but we're coming into the knowledge of it. But where I, I think we miss it in the body of Christ from time to time is this here. According to let's say in the natural, in the natural, we have people that are skilled and experts in different areas in the natural. You have some people that is skill uh, in food preparation, uh, which call them chefs. You have people that are skilled in auto mechanics. You have people that are skilled in, in electronics. You have people that are skilled uh, as doctors, surgeons, heart surgeon, brain surgeon. A heart surgeon is uh, uh, is skilled in his area, brain surgeon is skilled in his area, but both of them are surgeons. There's a possibility that a heart surgeon can do brain surgery. There's a possibility that a brain surgeon would do can do heart surgery. It's a possibility, but probably not, but possible. But they're they're called brain surgeons because that's their expertise. They're called heart surgeons because that's their expertise. So we have people that are skilled in different areas. We are skilled contractors. A master contractor, probably, probably, I'm sure there's probably some, that can build a house basically by themselves. Uh, they know everything about a house. A master contractor. They call them general contractor, but I call them master contractor. You have people that is an expert flute player and an expert concussion player. Both of those are instruments, but they're not experts in all instruments. The flute player is an expert. That's the time that they spent the majority of their life perfecting that particular instrument. The concussion player spent the majority of the time perfecting that instrument. You got the organ player, keyboard player, lead guitar player, bass guitar player. So you got all of these different people that is skilled in different areas of their lives. One of the things that fascinates me concerning us as Christians, how is it that we believe that we are skilled in every area when it comes down to the kingdom of God, the word of God. I, I see a manipulation. What I mean by that, you got a, a person that their strength, like Kenneth Hagin, is in the areas of faith. You got a person like Cliff Lodala, faith. Kenny Copeland, Fred Price, faith. But in the midst of their faith, uh, 
one of the strengths of Fred Price is in the areas of prosperity. He teach a lot about prosperity. Why do you think that he teaches, even though his foundation foundational message is faith, but one of his strengths is prosperity and teach a lot on prosperity? Why do you think that? Because you take Fred Price and you take Kenneth Copeland teach a lot about prosperity as well. And they're very successful. So would you say that they qualify they are qualified to teach on faith and qualified to teach on prosperity because they're good teachers of faith and teachers of prosperity? We make it difficult, but it's not difficult. I don't believe that they qualify and has become uh, anointed to teach on faith and prosperity because they study on faith and prosperity. I believe what qualifies them to teach on faith and prosperity is because their exercise of faith and the exercise of the word of God concerning prosperity. Kenneth Copeland, Fred Price, I know more about Kenneth Copeland when it comes down to giving than I do about Fred Price. I know he has to be a giver. And they are men of faith. But Kenneth Copeland was the first person that I, I'm sure there's many other, uh, heard years ago about giving jets away, applying the principles of giving. So, but I remember his testimony, Fred Price's testimony. They were so poor that they used to cook their food in a coffee pot. Now, that's poor. Now, people will look at them now and criticize them, but I would say they have become experts. They have become experts in the word of God concerning faith and prosperity. Their life complements their message. Their what? Their life complements their message. So their teaching on prosperity and teaching on faith, these men of God, is not because they're deep. It's because of their life. They believe that word, applied that word, and they have experienced the outcome of that word. So therefore, qualifying them to become to be considered experts. And I, I don't really want to use that word expert, but experts, because I was using it earlier uh, in the natural about a person becomes skilled in as an auto mechanic, a person becomes skilled as a doctor, a surgeon, a brain surgeon, heart surgeon, uh, or whatever in the areas of surgery. They become, and the more they do it, they become more skillful. As they apply principles, the success rate of people being delivered or healed or recovering from surgery becomes great. Would you want a person 
if you had a challenge in your heart, brain, lungs, would you want someone to do surgery on you that's never performed surgery, but they got their degree in surgery? Would you want someone to perform surgery, brain surgery on you, and they only did one? But there's somebody else has did a thousand. And the success rate of recovery, uh, patients recovering, is in the high 90%. Who would you want to work on your brain? The person that did one surgery or the person that did a thousand surgeries? Me personally, I would want the person that has done a thousand surgeries. Now, let's compare this to where the majority of us in the body of Christ is located. How many of you would want a surgeon that has never performed surgery, but they teach surgery in medical school? They know all of the terms. They know the brain in and out. And they're teaching, they can teach you, they can lecture you about the different parts of the brain, about surgery, about everything about surgery, but they never perform surgery. But they're they're excellent, they're dynamite in teaching, but never perform surgery. Would you want a teacher, a lecturer to perform surgery on you, or would you want a person that's done a thousand surgeries? Even, even, once you're right, even if the they success rate is only 25%. But everybody knows that this particular doctor, this surgeon that is teaching at medical school, is the best teacher in the world but never perform surgery. Do you think that a person that has performed a thousand surgeries have learned some things about surgery than the person that is given a lecture, the one that is teaching? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because they're going to constantly research and find out why wasn't it successful. They're not going to look at only their surgery. They're going to look at the condition the patient was in. And the condition the ones that did not live, why was, they success, uh, why was the death rate high? And they begin to look at some com- common uh, things concerning those patients that died. And then they try to make sure that those things don't be with the next surgery that they perform. I'm going somewhere. One of the problems in the body, we have master lecturers, people that lectures, master teachers, master preachers. But the men like Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagen, who's passed away, Fred Price, still alive, a lot of these faith preachers, 
that a lot of people criticize because the majority of faith preachers also teaches prosperity. And what people do not realize and understand, a lot of these faith preachers is greater givers than the average person. They don't, they don't talk about how much they give, but I know that uh, Kenneth Copeland became a pace setter in the areas of giving jets away. He the first person I heard, God told him to get his jet. God told him to give this jet. God told him to give this jet. God told him to get his jet away. Debt free. Because the power's in the giving. I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere with this. So we have experts in the world. You have an expert chef, an expert uh, auto mechanic person that is skilled in cars, not a build a car from the ground up. Everything about the engine, air condition, everything, expert. You have a home builder, a, a general contractor, or a master contractor can build a house from the ground up. You're an expert. Electrician, expert. Plumber, expert. Can come, come to your house and just turn the water on, whatever they can tell I know what the problem is. Air condition first comes in, I know what the problem is. You ain't got to look for it and already know. But you haven't looked at it, I know. How do you know you haven't looked at it? Ma'am, sir, I've been doing this for 50 years. I know what the problem is just by listening. Expert. Expert. But when we get saved and we start knowing some scriptures, we think we become experts. And that's what's happened to the body of Christ, and that's what we're seeing. More people experiencing failure and more people experiencing defeat because we believe that we're expert because we know Scripture. But have not experienced no Scripture. Now watch this right here. And that's even one of some of us preachers. The enemy uses us to divide each other. The enemy uses what we think we know to divide one another. We believe because we know it, know something about the word of God, we believe we know everything about God, and that is not so. Watch this here. I talked about the prosperity preachers. There's preachers that is excellent, excellent teachers in the areas of praise and worship, because that's their grace, that's their anointing. So, so if that's their grace, the majority of things that are going to come out of their mouth is, is in the areas of worship. It's in the areas of praise. The majority of their studies is going to be in the areas of praise, in the areas of worship, and most likely in the areas of intimacy with God, and intimacy with the Son, and intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Then you may have a guy over here that is expert in evangelism. He's called to evangelism. His strength is evangelism. And majority of things that will come out of his mouth is soul winning. The Great Commission. And, 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 and he believes that what he's called to do is the most important part in the body of Christ. The praise and the worship, the person that teaches on praise and worship, believe that what he's teaching is the most important part in the body. 
you got the other person over here that teaches um, faith and prosperity. They believe that what they call is the most important in the in in, in the Bible. Are, are, are you getting me? I'm trying to show you something. Is it possible the one that is teaching on praise and worship that that his gift or her gift, their grace? Uh, that they're going to know some things and experience some things in the areas of praise and worship, most likely the person that is the evangelist, a teacher on evangelism, have that experience and may know some things about praise and worship that the person that, that, that's in evangelism, that teaches on evangelism, don't know about praise and worship. Is it possible that the person that is called to evangelism and teaches and studies is in the areas of evangelism, soul winning, is it possible that he has some revelations, some experiences with God that the person that's called to, to teach and to preach on praise and worship have not experienced? Is it possible? Absolutely. 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 Is it possible that the person that God has called to educate and train in the areas of the gifts of the Spirit, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, prophetic uh, utterance, is it possible? Is it possible that these individuals called to teach, train, educate in the areas of um, the supernatural giftings of the Holy Spirit? Uh, is it possible that they may know some things about how to flow and function in the gifts of the Spirit? That the evangelist that may flow in the gifts of the Spirit and the person that teaches on praise and worship, they may flow in the gifts of the Spirit. But is it possible that the one that God has called on a sign to teach, train, and to flow in words of knowledge, words of wisdom, are all gifts of the Spirit, I want to say all gifts, but in the gifts of the Spirit, just say yes, you use prophetic utterance. Prophecy, how prophecy operates, how pro prophecy functions. But even though the praise, the person that teaches on praise and worship, they flow prophetically. Even though the person that evangelizes, they flow prophetically. Even though they flow prophetically, is it possible that they flow prophetically but don't understand the prophetic in a greater dimension than the one that is called to, to uh, teach and train in that particular area? in which they're going to think that's, more, that's important too. Are, are, are you getting this? Are you getting this? Is it possible the man and the woman that know how to access the realm of the spirit uh, and to release heaven into the earth realm and signs and wonders and notable miracles usually have, they flow the gifts of faith, those people in the gifts of faith. Is it possible, is it possible that even though the, event, the person that teaches on evangelism, the person that teaches on prosperity, the person that teaches on uh, praise and worship, all of them have experienced the supernatural. But is it possible, even though they experience the supernatural, but the supernatural is not their strength, but it's a man or the woman that God has called and anointed and appointed the flow in the gift of faith, workings of miracles, and gifts of healings, is it possible that they know something about the supernatural realm that the, that the, the, the person that's called to teach in the areas of praise and worship, because they're going to, a person that te te uh, teaches and in, 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 in ministers in praise and worship and know, and know how to praise God and know how to worship God, and their teaching came out of their experience, uh, is, it, is it 
possible that even though they know how to do that, it can cause them to access the realm of the spirit? Absolutely. Absolutely. Can signs, wonders, and miracles take place? Absolutely. Can signs, wonders, and miracles take place to a person that is called to uh, train in the areas of the Great Commission, evangelism, flow in the gifts of the Spirit? Absolutely. I believe every born-again believer in the world should be flowing in the gifts of the Spirit. Not the apostle, prophet, and the pastor. Every born-again believer should flow in the gifts of the Spirit. Then you say, well, what's the, what's the purpose behind all of this? Um, stick with me. Because there's a manipulation that's been waged against us in the body of Christ to get us to fight one another because of our ignorance. And what I mean by fight one another is because I'm good at a thing, I believe this is it. And, and you're good at a thing, you believe that it is it. And so what happens is when you're good at something and, and uh, I'm good at something, but I have not experienced what you're good at, you have not experienced what I'm good at, then you question what I'm good at is God because you have not experienced what I experienced. So you question it. You question it. Do you see the wisdom of God? You see the wisdom of God. And there's people, listen, and there's people that has never been exposed to certain dimensions of the body of Christ. Have never been exposed. And so, so once they enter into it, that, that can't be God. I remember when we first started the prophetic uh, school here uh, about, about 10 years ago. Matter of fact, about 10 years ago. Uh, probably nine. Ten, nine to ten years ago, we started the prophetic school. We started raising up the prophetic voices in the house. And I remember, it had to, yeah, yeah, it had to be about maybe longer than that. Let me see. Our daughter uh, is uh, twenty-four, so it had to be about because she was eleven at the time when she went through the uh, prophetic school. So it had to be thirteen years ago. Wow, that long? Wow. Don't seem like it's been that long, but anyway, I thought it was about ten years, so it had to be about um, thirteen years ago. Uh, uh, so watch this right here. When we start, uh, uh, I got ordained as an apostolic prophet. Uh, Bishop had laid hands on me, automatically elevated my spirit. There's something that was activated inside of me, and I knew this is what I was called to do. I was frustrated prior to that. Because I believe whatever's on the senior leader, it should be upon the congregation. I have always believed that. And so if I was frustrated with our congregation, I was the only one that was prophesying uh, in the house of God. I should tell the people, you all should be, uh, I'm, uh, uh, God sent you here, you should be flowing prophetically just like me. But I wanted them to get it like I did. I caught mine by serving my leader. See, watch it right. Watch what I was limiting. And I was putting God on a box. I was putting God in the box because I wanted God. I was thinking I wanted God, but God, what, how he did it for me, he should do it for everybody. They, I know I had some lawyer people, but why wasn't they flowing in the gifts of the Spirit? Why wasn't they catching it like I caught it? Now watch this right here, how we can, we can, we can tie God's hands. And I was tied uh, God's hand. I was trying to force God to do something that it wasn't his will. I want the people to flow, and I'm talking to the Lord about it, like I got mine. I got mine by serving Dr. Brown. 
See, 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 God want to take us, ladies and gentlemen, from glory to glory. He want to take us how? From glory to glory. How I got it is a necessary mean, doesn't necessarily mean is how my congregation was going to get it. Or how you got it doesn't necessarily mean is how your children is going to get it. God is bigger than our experience. God is bigger than our encounter. My spiritual father, the reason I caught it, because my spiritual father, uh, that wasn't his grace to teach in that particular area. He didn't know how to mentor somebody into the prophetic. That wasn't his grace. So therefore, uh, uh, to make a long story short, uh, I end up uh, meeting Bishop Hammond. Somebody told me about it. Meeting him, my wife ended up seeing a a prophetic school, a training they was having uh, in Santa Rosa Beach, which I didn't know that existed. We went up there instantaneously. She got it. I got hands laid upon me, and instantaneously. God elevated me to an impartation of grace and anointing. I personally believe that every apostle or prophet that is called by God have an impartational anointing, impartational anointing. And where I get that from is from the book of Romans. Um, I think it's chapter 1, verse 11. Paul said, I long to come unto you that I may impart some spiritual gifts unto you. I long to come unto you that I might impart some spiritual gifts unto you. And so, therefore, when I came back from that uh, training, I uh, I, um, established the first training uh, in our church. I didn't do it outside of the church. Those wanted to sign up. They signed up. We had about 50 people that signed up, and uh, we did five nights. Because people worked in the daytime, we did five nights. And you talking about one of probably one of the most explosive anointed times, uh, probably in the history of this church, because uh, uh, people could not believe that they can flow prophetically. The youngest person was nine years old, and then after that, my daughter was eleven. My oldest daughter was eleven at the time, and um, and then we begin to establish prophetic teams. We start, oh God, start giving a strategy how to organize it, and 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 put teams together. Show me what to look for. Uh, look at the different ones' strengths. If some people are stronger at, at starting the prophetic flow, some is stronger with ending the prophetic flow. Some is stronger with just being. Uh, uh, if you do a teams of three, be, uh, a flowing uh, with a team, and you the uh, second person. Some people are strong being the second person. So it has nothing to do with somebody's greater, uh, 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 stronger. It has everything to do with the different dimensions of their flow. So God began to give us wisdom. And so when I start going out, and I, uh, when I would go out to minister, I would take the prophetic teams with me. And then I would release them. I, uh, and see, I enjoy seeing them going forth. Now, the Bible says that, that the, the fivefold ministry gift, the purpose of them, is to equip the saints for work of ministry. And so that's what had begun to happen. The equipping anointing uh, on my life uh, 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 was activated, and it was activated from a man that was doing that. That's why the that's why relationships is powerful. Relationships is necessary. If you don't have that, join someone that have that, and then if you submit to them, what's on them can fall upon you. See, I love being in relationships with leaders because uh, usually leaders don't come to these trainings, but pride won't let them come to it. I don't have leaders. When we first started off, I mean, based almost every, uh, not every, but we had many in, in, in South Florida here. Uh, we don't have 
Every fivefold ministry gift has come through our training. We don't have apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Sometimes the most difficult people to to train is uh, those that is called in fivefold ministry gift. And so because pride many times will not allow them uh, to uh, to function. It won't it, it won't allow them to function. And so and that's what happened to me when I first went to the training. And and I didn't know it was pride. Because I was already flowing for years before I went up there. And so to look at them flowing, I said, what is this? What are they doing here? And, and my wife got activated instantaneously. And I was struggling with the way they flowed. And the Spirit of God rebuked me. He said, if you would close your mouth, and now uh, he really said, close your mouth, shut up. If you would shut up and submit, you would be able to flow like that too. So I instantaneously repented before the Lord. and said, Lord, will you forgive me? I was sitting there quietly. I was talking to the Lord quietly. Forgive me, Lord God. Uh, I, I submit. And as soon as I did that, they brought a young man up and asked anybody they have a word for instantaneously. God gave me a word of knowledge uh, concerning uh, that young man, concerning his mother, and how God brought another person, a young, another young lady into his life and to, uh, uh, to help compensate uh, some things in his life that he was uh, experiencing pain, great levels of pain from his mother. And uh, I like the way they do it. They ask people to go around and say, do you, can you sense anything of truth? Say every word. That was said is true. So, so as I yielded, as I submitted, as I yielded and submitted, see so what you think you know many times hinder you for where God can t- want to take you. Because you ought to think you know. And, and I see this what blocks so many people because you think you know. Because you have experienced a dimension of God, that ain't God. We say it's not God. It's not all of God, it's a dimension, it's a fraction. A fragment of God. And so, therefore, do you think God is going to flow uh, the whole counsel of God through one individual? They operate like Satan. They rise up to pride, and pride will overtake them, and they will be destroyed. So God, in his wisdom, uh, manifests himself in varieties of dimension of individuals. One of the areas that I did not mention that we got people that are skillful in that the majority, the I was the majority, so many in the body of Christ is unskillful and don't believe it's God. And this is probably one of the most important ones is because Satan don't want you to know about this one is deliverance. Deliverance. Christians being set free. And the teaching is a Christian cannot be satanic and demonically manipulated. I don't believe a Christian can be uh, demon-possessed, but I can believe and know for a fact that Christians can be demons uh, uh, manipulated and oppressed. They want, we can use all kind of cute words that we want to, but I have worked on uh, work deliverance on people and uh, Christians, and demons have come out of them. Uh, um, I have experienced that personally before I became a pastor, and when we started our church, and God began to uh, deal with me about uh, establishing an del- area of deliverance in the church. And so I started doing research and, and studying other men and women's lives. And, and I would fly different places of the country that had deliverance ministry and sit there and learn and op- uh, watch and observe and, 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 uh, uh, and, and, and see, seeing people come from all over the world. Uh, to these ministers, I'm talking Christians, and demons is crying out. He said, how could this be? How could this be? How could this be? And that the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. The Holy Spirit comes and lives in your human spirit, your human spirit, ladies and gentlemen. And I've been kind of meditating on this. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go somewhere. 
and I say I started something out on yesterday, but I'm going to show you something. Something has to be wrong. But our problem is we know something wrong, but we don't know what it is. And what happened with a lot of Christians, we don't know what it is. And because we get frustrated and we get aggravated, and we just become satisfied. And a lot of that have everything to do with leaders, us leaders. Because if I'm not an expert in deliverance, which I never was an expert in deliverance, and I don't consider myself an expert in deliverance uh, at this present time, but God uses me in deliverance. And the first time I encountered this, uh, because I was raised up that a Christian could not have a demon. There could not be any satanic or demonic manifestation. But a lot of times what we do, do as Christians, we don't question things. We don't say, well, God, why is this happening to me? Why is that happening to me? Why am I always falling into this? Why am I always falling into this? Some things is uh, generational curses or generational spirits that pass down from generation to generation. Ladies and gentlemen, these demons been here before you was born. If Jesus tarried, they're going to be after you die. So, so you got to understand something. These spirits have been around for thousands of years. And some of our forefathers could have been our great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents, whatever the case may be. We don't know. But some of them has, uh, uh, could have been a, a Satan worshiper or they have gone to mediums to try to get some answers concerning the problems they were facing. And the moment you go to a medium for any kind of solution, which you don't realize and understand, but people do not understand, the moment you go and the moment there's some exchange of money for services, you enter into a covenant. You don't know that. A lot of people initiate it blindly. And you can take it to the bank. Now that spirit have a legal right to your lineage now. But you don't know that. Your grandparents probably didn't know it. Or your great-grandparents didn't know it. Or your great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandparents did not know it. And so you begin to see certain things begin to surface in your generation. Almost everybody get a divorce. Nobody can stay married. That's not natural. But I'm a born-again believer. My mama was a born-again believer. My grandmother was but all of them got a divorce. It's not natural. Do they have anybody stopped and said something is wrong with this? And the same thing with hereditary problems physically. Well, when you go to the doctor, actually, did you, anybody in your family ever had diabetes? Anybody in your family ever had heart problems? If anybody in your family ever had mental, uh, uh, mental problems? Even the doctors understand this stuff in the natural. The Bible says that which is born of flesh is flesh, but that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do you not understand? Because um, when you become born again, uh, but watch this right. When you become born again, your identity is no longer with your natural family, but your identity is with, with the, fa the Father God himself. And that means then those spirits have no legal right. Do, do, do you know the spirits know that? But do they stop? No, because they know that God's people is destroyed for lack of knowledge. And they, they perpetrate that. They perpetrate our ignorance. Even though you're born again, but them spirits continue to flow and operate and try to gain momentum in your lineage. Even though they know you're born again, even though they know you entered a covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ, even though they know that because you won't put a stop to it and don't know that you're supposed to put a stop to it, they're going to continue to operate illegally in your life because you're giving them permission. Generational, hereditary spirits.
mental illness, hereditary, going on in your family. You say, I don't know that. Yeah, yeah, so-and-so. So-and-so, yeah, they had mental problems. Yeah, that was on my mama's side. Oh, that was on my daddy's side. And next thing you know, uh, that was on my, yeah, I heard that my great-granddaddy had mental problems. Yeah, I, I heard. And then fear start gripping your heart. Oh, man, I may have mental problems. And the moment you get afraid is the moment, watch this right here, you, gave, you just yielded and gave that spirit a legal right into your life to stop manipulating you in your mind. And now, of course, think about fear is, nothing, fear is faith. That's all fear is. Fear, fear is faith. It's faith. You say, how can fear be faith? It is faith. Fear is believing that the thing that you don't want to happen is going to happen. You know it's going to happen. It dominates you. It grips you. It paralyzes you. You have, in other words, you have faith in it. Even though it's a negative faith, but it's still faith. I have faith that Satan is going to do it. I have faith I'm going to, I'm going to have diabetes. I have faith that I'm going to uh, uh, have mental problems. I have faith because my mama had it, my daddy had it, my great-grandparents had it, and my great-great-grandparents had it. And then fear tried to grip you. And so once you believe, uh, uh, allow fear to grip you, you believe. It's going to happen. Or you say, it's a possibility. Oh, instead, you say, it's an impossibility. Because that which is born of flesh is flesh, but that which is born of spirit is spirit. I'm born again. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You have no right to me. It stops right here. By the blood of the cross, <laughs> you have no right to me. You have no right to me. But we don't know this. We don't understand it, so we allow the enemy to manipulate us. Now, watch this right here. So yet you're a Christian. Yet you're a Christian. But you're experiencing these things. So is it is it God or is it the devil? It gotta be the devil. Is it satanic? It gotta be satanic. It's not angelic. It's not heavenly. Are, are you getting this? So we get into all this ado stuff about demonic forces and, and, and Christian having demons, whatever the case may be. Now, now watch this right here. You remember in the Word of the Lord, in Chronicles bring this, that Kings doesn't bring it up, but Chronicles bring this out concerning David. God uh, had told the children of Israel never to number the people. Then the uh, Bible says in the book of Chronicles, it doesn't say it in Kings, uh, that Satan stood to, uh, uh, by David and tempted David to number the people. Kings didn't say Satan did, but Chronicles said Satan tempted him, stood by him and influenced him to number the people. And they went out and began to number the people, and a, and, and a plague broke out, and thousands of people died as a result of David disobeying God. Now, was there a devil, a demon in David? The Bible didn't say there were demons in David. But was it God? Absolutely not. Was it the enemy? Absolutely does it matter if where the demon is? If you're under the influence of it, if you're under the influence of it, you're not under the influence of the Holy Spirit, you're not under the influence of God. See, see, we get caught up in semantics. There's, see, watch it. You want to know why you think the way you think? Because you've never been exposed to it. You've never been exposed to it. Now, if there's men and women that that's their call, just like per person, the person is gifted, and the person is called into the areas of, um, excuse me, with this, this, this phone. Uh, like those that is, is called 
into the areas of teaching on teaching. And see, the power is not teaching. The, what makes the teaching powerful is the experience. That's why those men I, I mentioned earlier, that's why I admire them. Fred Price, Kenneth Copeland, uh, 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 Cleflo Dollar, uh, Kenneth Hagen, all these men, uh, especially Fred Price and, and Kenneth Copeland, they are seeds. They, they, they're the older generation, but they life. You never hear anything negative come out of their mouth. Never. They, these men, they, they, it, they what you call the word movement. These men love the word and the evidence they live it. They're great givers and they have become great recipients. They activate the law, the word of God, and they're working on their behalf. That's why we have to be in relationship with people. See, see, I was, I, uh, I was teaching a new members class a couple of weeks ago, and we were in the areas of teaching on, on first fruits and tithes and offering, and what we, we have what we call a priestly seed. And, 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 and uh, 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 different questions was being asked, and I like the question that's being asked. And, and I was sharing some principles with them uh, concerning giving. I said, I want to share something with you all. You priestly seed that comes to me, that don't, that, that, that's not for me. It's for you. It's for you. I said, God has, God has richly, richly blessed me. It's richly blessed me. And I said, my blessings, my blessing is not your giving to me. My blessings come from my giving to, to my leaders. I'm where I'm at, not because what I got from you. I'm where I'm at what I've given away. What I give away. I remember when I first, uh, uh, when God uh, 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 stopped pastoring and I started going to get my income tax. Uh, 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 there's one place I've been going for, for, for I don't know how long. I've been for years and years. And I remember when I first went in there and, and they was doing my income tax. And, and the lady literally, literally called the people that was working in the office over to where she was at. Look how much money he gave to the church. Literally called it shop. Said you give this kind of money to the church. I said yes. Said how do you survive? Cause I give this kind of money to the church. <laughs> now, you know why I give like I do? If those men that I named earlier, listening to their testimony provoke me. If God can do it for them, they apply the word of God. I'm going to apply the same word. I'm going to step out by faith and begin to apply, and God begin to do it supernaturally. Start things start happening. Things start happening. Start things start happening. See, the problem, know why you're experiencing like is because you hang out with people that's not provoking you to be better and to give better and to give more, to do the word of God. You hang out with people that like like to quote scriptures and like to preach to you and teach to you and confess, 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 and pray, 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 but don't ever do anything. It's impossible for you to hang out with somebody as applying these I mean, hang out with them, be around them, and you start doing what they do. It's impossible for it not to affect your life. I don't hang out with nobody to talk negative. I don't hang out with nobody that, that, that speak contrary to the word of God. Nobody. And if some, they do, 
I put a stop to it. If they want to keep on, I talk with you later. I talk with you later. Either the word of God is real, it's not real. Then if it's real, then you need to be around people that believe that word and live in that word, applying that word, and you you begin to see the effect change in their lives. I told uh, the people in the new member, I said, say, you all shouldn't want, shouldn't want a broke pastor no way. And said, which I'm not going to be broke. And it has nothing to do with this church. But everything to do with the biblical principle of the word of God that I believe in and I live and I apply. And you know why? Because God is my source. I believe in God. I believe in God. My faith is in not anyone that sows into my life. My faith is in who my faith is in the God that has caused me to sow into my leader's life. Not my leaders. My faith is not even in my leaders, but in God that assigned me to sow into my leaders. Now let's go back to the deliverance thing. Now some people's experts at that. That's their grace. But the devil out of all those different ministries, the devil will fight the body of Christ with that one more than the rest of them. You want to know why? Because the devil don't want to be exposed. He don't want to be exposed. And you know something's wrong with you. You know something is wrong with you. And really, I'm going to tell you the truth. It's really not that even the demonic force that's challenging you. It's one thing and one thing only. You have opened up a door. They can't get you if the door isn't open, and there's only one door that you have that the money is going to manipulate you, and that's the door of your flesh. It's selfishness. Every sin can be traced back to self. Every sin. Every sin can be traced back to selfishness. Selfishness, self-centeredness, self-righteousness, self-reliance, self-protection, self-exaltation, uh, self-pity, self, 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 self. It's the big, biggest enemy to you and your, my destiny and your destiny. Of my progress and your progress. Not, not even the demon spirits that come to harass us and to manipulate us. They only come to harass us and manipulate us when we, uh, well, I don't say when we yield to them, but they come to do that for us to yield to them, for us to open up the door. Unforgiveness is itself. You still focus on self. What somebody did to you, what somebody said to, uh, uh, to you, what somebody said about you, how they like, it's still self. Self. It's the greatest enemy. And that's what the, that's what the enemy does. He manipulates us to focus on self. Now, let's go back to the, keep going back to the deliverance thing. Now, first time I experienced this, I was taught that it's no way in the world a, a Christian can be manipulated by demon spirit are going to have a demon. If you follow the word and follow the Holy Ghost, that's what I was taught. But I knew I still had some issues. And one of my issues was my mouth, my tongue. And the Bible said, man, that came that can control his own tongue. Tongue, his religion is in vain. I was a preacher. A young preacher, uh, uh, God was using me, casting out, uh, when casting out devil, laying hands on the sick, people getting healed, delivering set free. But I still had a problem with my view. Did me wrong, I was going to slice and dice you. So my religion was in vain. So all that word, that Lord graced me and gifted me in, in, in the word because my mentor was very revelatory. He's a prophet of God, very revelatory. So I naturally became very revelatory. Don't try to study to become deep. That's just my nature. That's who I am. So, so very revelatory. But my religion was in vain according to the word. And I went on a seven-day fast, complete fast, no water, no nothing, shut myself away and said, God, I need, I need to hear from you. Why? I, I, I know that you live in me. I'm full of the Holy Ghost, and you have graced me with a word. I said, but why am I struggling with, with, with my tongue? 
And on that seven-day fast, that's when God began to give me the understanding of a series that I started. And I have a Bible called The Anatomy of Man, breaking down the, the function of a man's spirit, the function of a man's soul, and the function of a man's body. And as a young man, I was an evangelist. Uh, I really wasn't an evangelist, but I, I, I was doing a itinerary uh, uh, ministry, but they, I was called an evangelist. But I really wasn't a true evangelist, if you understand the characteristics and attributes of an evangelist. Uh, many people got saved, I mean, got healed and, uh, uh, and delivered, uh, but when a whole lot of folks come to uh, come into the Lord, uh, because that's how that wasn't how my mentor operated, so I kind of flowed the way he did. That was my pattern. But I was in Jamaica, and I was doing this meeting. For those of you that never heard it, quite a few of our people have heard it many times. I was in Jamaica, and I was doing a meeting, and my uh, way of functioning was to minister the word. I was more of a teacher. Uh, I'm more of a preacher teacher to, uh, today, but I'm strictly a teacher uh, uh, back then. And uh, my normal f- uh, way of flowing was to teach the word, and uh, then I would lay hands on people. Uh, usually, God would reveal to me what what was going to be present, what kind of sickness or disease that He was going to heal in the service. Uh, that's how God uh, would do it. He'll show me what was present, and then uh, I'll go and and call those things out. People will come up. And, and I lay hands on God will heal him. And one young lady came in line, and I, and I said, what do you need God to do for you? She said, I got pain in my head. And uh, lay hands, come in, the pain go left, and I kept on going down the line. She got back in line again. I said, didn't I pray for you before? She said, yeah, you prayed for me, but the pain left my head and went to my shoulder. Laid man on the shoulder where the pain was, pain instantly left, kept on praying. She came back in line again. And she said, the pain left my shoulder to my back. That was my first time ever experiencing that. And so therefore I said, and the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, tell her, uh, command her. He said, "Tell." He said, "Command her to look you in your eyes." I said, "Look me in my eyes," and and so like she was fighting to look me in my eyes. I said, "I command you in the name of Jesus, look me in my eyes." In her head, like something put it in place that she couldn't even move her head. And first time in my life I ever saw this. I saw eyes moving in eyes. I said, you foul spirit, I see you. I command you to come out of her now in Jesus' mighty name. And that devil left her. She fell on the floor, got back up, and and, 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 and God is my witness. This young lady was dark-skinned. She began to change her skin color. She, uh, she became, became light-skinned, not real, real light, but her whole complexion. Uh, changed. She was very dark. Her whole complexion changed and became light, uh, 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 clear-skinned, right in front of everybody. Now that threw me for a loop. When you're up under the anointing, you don't think about nothing. When you're up under the anointing, it's when you settle down. When you go back home to your hotel or your room where you're located, then the anointing has lifted, and now you, the spirit of God begins to take you back over the service. And I begin to say, I said, God, what? How could that be? And that one young lady is a member of the church. She was a member of that particular church there. And, and and I was a young preacher. I was like, how could this be? I was baffled because I knew what I was taught, but I knew what I just experienced. I knew what I was taught, but I knew what I was I experienced. And this is why a lot of people would never go into the blast off. They would never go into the deep things of God because many times you allow your limited understanding of the scripture to block you and stop you from an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. God is bigger than than what you've been taught. God is bigger than what you think you know about God. 
He's bigger. He's bigger and he's greater. And so, therefore, you can be committing blasphemy and don't even know you're committing blasphemy because what you've been taught and you see somebody that's floating in something that goes contrary to what you've been taught. And then you begin to judge them and begin to be critical of them. But this shows you how carnal you are. Because when a man is walking by the Spirit, even though your head may not understand it or comprehend it, your spirit man will say yes. Your spirit man will say yes. That's how I learn a lot of things. My head be messing me up. But I'm in the midst of something. I know that I know that I know it's God, but I don't understand it. But when your heart is pure towards God, you can take it to the bank, baby. You can take it to the bank. I guarantee that before that week is over, you, if you are a student in the Word of God and you start reading the Word, just, just reading, uh, you may even get it in reading. You may hear a radio broadcast, may a television broadcast. You may just be in a conversation because he knows your heart is right. If you want to know his heart and his mind concerning that matter, he will reveal it every time. I am a living witness, ladies and gentlemen. But if you're critical and you're judgmental, you will never, never know. Because the Spirit of God will never reveal anything to you. Because your heart is wrong. Your heart is not right. You've got a critical and a judgmental spirit. And now you're measuring yourself, what you think you know about God, with the other person that's being used by God. And you call in that God to be the devil because you never experienced. I always understand this, ladies and gentlemen. I tell uh, people this all the time. There's going to be always somebody going to see a little further than you. There's going to always be someone that can see a little further than you. I used to give this illustration uh, in, 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 in our church building that we was in uh, a few years ago. I had steps. Uh, I think I had about four steps. And I said, now think about this right here. If a person that's on the bottom step, they can see so far. They can see, just say they can see from the bottom step to the front row. The person on the second step can see from the uh, 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 front row to the uh, fifth row. And the person in the third step can see from the front row, the fifth row, to the tenth row. And the person on top of the step can see from the first row, the fifth row, the tenth row, and the fifteenth row. So, but what happens is this right here. The person that only sees, uh, that's on the bottom, and see from the front to the, uh, from the bottom of the step to the front row can describe everything they see. And then the person on, on the second step says, yeah, I see that, but I see this also. But the one on the front, on the bottom step is saying, yeah, I was with you until you went there. That can't be God, because I know God there with me. I know I see by the Spirit of God. And so, yeah, 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 so he must be seen by another spirit, because he's describing something that you ain't never seen before, because you think you see it all. And then the person on the, on, on the, on the, the third row begins to say, yeah, I see everything, describe everything from the person on, uh, to the first row, and then the person to the fifth row. But he stops describing everything you see on the tenth row, then the person on the second step say, that can't be God. I was with you. I know God deal with me. I know God revealed things to me. But that cannot be God. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, you've got to know it by your spirit. You've got to know when a man or a woman is articulating. You've got to know in your spirit, not in your head, not, not measuring this based on what you know. But by your spirit. Look what the Bible says even in 1 Corinthians. It says, no man knows the mind of a man, save what? The spirit of a man. You can't know the mind of a person. Only your spirit can know the mind of a person, the mind of a man. You can't, the mind of a man can't know the mind of a man. It's the spirit of the man that knows the mind of the man. And that's our problem. 
You trying to know something about your head. You trying to know somebody about your head. You trying to know something about your head, and you're missing it. You're missing it. So here we got people that 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 has that's that God has graced in a certain area. To me, the proof is in the pudding. You want to know why a lot of people come against other people? Because they ain't done it. Why people come against other people that can see further than them? Because they haven't saw what they see. But they know they can see, but they haven't seen as far as them. And so you don't believe that nobody can see farther than you? You just have to never manipulate you. And so what would happen in the church, in the church, because we know some scripture, we become a master. Because we know scripture, we have not experienced scripture. Had not experienced nor encountered God. And so the devil has already manipulated you and deceived you and tricked you. That's what happened with Korah, Dathan, and Abiram in the wilderness. These were leaders of the children of Israel. They were leaders, but they wasn't called to do what Moses did. Not one of them faced Pharaoh. Not one of them faced Pharaoh. Not one of them stretched forth the rod in the Red Sea party. Not one of them. But now all of a sudden, they want to challenge Moses. Are we not God's people also? Are we not the leadership of Israel? Do not God speak to us too? Same spirit that was on Miriam and Aaron coming against Moses. Same, same thing. Do not God talk to us too? Am I not a prophetess? Aaron, don't God talk to you? Ladies and gentlemen, let us get to know the Holy Spirit in this one area that you and I know the Lord and know the Holy Spirit because we'll, we'll, be, we'll be able to walk in the spirit of humility and we'll be able to know what's God and what's not God by our spirit of humility. And we will never measure ourselves amongst each other. As Paul said in the Word of God, it is not wisdom. Because when you begin to measure yourself amongst yourself, you've already failed. God is bigger than you. God is bigger than me. All put together, every human being upon the face of the earth. My time is up. Wow, I really want to get, get into this thing even in a, in, a, in a greater way. But I pray tonight that you have understood what the Lord has said, and, and maybe we can continue this tomorrow if the Spirit of God see fit. If not, we'll just go on where, whatever he wants to articulate to us. But, but, but let us not get manipulated. Let us not get tricked, ladies and gentlemen. Let us understand that there's experts in the body of Christ, men and women that is anointed to do things that you are not anointed to do, but you need that anointing. There's men and women in the body of Christ that are anointed to do things that God has not anointed me to do. But I need that grace. I need that gift. I need to be in relationship with that. Not, I don't need to be in relationship to get with that in order for me to have that. Because if God wanted me to have that, he would have gave it to me. I need to be in relationship with that so I can be exposed to that and our congregation be exposed to that so we can become better men and women of God. Isn't it amazing in a, a company? That is very successful, a multi-billion dollar company, a multi-million dollar company. Don't, don't they have departments that specialize in different areas to make that company successful? As it is in the natural, so it is in the spirit. And the enemy's ultimate goal is to try to get you and I to come against that. And it is a form of covetousness. For me to want something that God gave somebody else and not be satisfied with what he gave me. Let us be satisfied with the grace that God is on our life. And some of you don't even know what grace is on your life. That's what relationship. Whatever is on your pastor should be on you. 
And if, there's, if your pastor is not flowing in the gifts of the Spirit, he needs to be in relationship with someone that flows in the gifts of the Spirit. If he's in relationship with someone, if God called him to a relationship with someone, because every born-again believer should be flowing in the gifts of the Spirit. Every born-again believer should be flowing in the gifts of the Spirit. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says, uh, says this right here. For the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man, every man. It didn't say the Apostle Prophet, Evangelist, Pastor Steve, every man to profit with all. I'm going to look at probably doing a prophetic training, another training. I'm going to stop calling it prophetic training, but I'm going to call it supernatural training because it's not designed just to get you to flow prophetically, but it's designed to get you to flow in the Holy Spirit. I'm probably looking in the month of March or April, uh, doing a, 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 a training, another training. So we did about four of them last year, uh, first time in a few years. But we've got to keep the momentum going to be able to get the body. And, and I want to challenge the pastors that does not flow in the gifts of the Spirit. I want to challenge you to come to these trainings and then bring us into your church to help set up teams. And don't be afraid because I have never experienced wildfire since I started. I've been doing this over over. I think about 14 years now, uh, uh, 13 years now, because my daughter's uh, 24 now, and uh, oldest daughter, and I think she was 11. So, so about 23 years. I'm not 23, 13 years. So, so, so we have never experienced wildfire. If you understand, if you set the order and set the pattern of, of a yes and a no, who can and who cannot flow, I give a word without your permission, and everything is about permission. It ain't about the spirit that spoke to me and they give a word. It don't work that way. They're under authority, and you are the authority of the house. So everything is about protocol. There's a protocol in everything, in everything, in heaven as well as in the earth. You don't just go knock on the president, don't you? ain't going to, to Washington, D.C. I'll come to see the president. It don't work that way. There's a order and a way that you meet the president, and that doesn't even guarantee you're going to even meet him. Because you want to meet him, that doesn't mean you're going to meet him. <laughs> so you've got to understand there's an order and a protocol concerning everything. We understand the order of the protocol, and we flow by it. There will always be safety, and you have to be willing to execute the order, not afraid to execute it, because you're protecting God. You're protecting his house, and you're protecting the people of God. I know it's a little lengthy today, but I know that God has spoken through me by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit tonight to minister to you. He's trying to expand us, to enlarge us, to increase us. Let's get ready for the blast off, for this is your due season, and this is your set time. Ladies and gentlemen, this is, has this has been your host, excuse me, uh, Dr. E. J. McKenzie, with the Master Key. I pray that the rest of your night will be blessed. I pray that your sleep will be sweet, and your dreams will be sweet, and induced by the Holy Spirit. That's what I meant to say. Your dreams. I was going somewhere in my spirit. I was thinking about the Word of the Lord I want to bring out from yesterday, and I really want to bring it out tonight concerning the forces of God. Have anybody? Is everybody delivered from the powers of darkness according to Colossians? Yes. Then why are we still challenged with sickness and disease and poverty and like if we've been delivered? Is it either we have been or we haven't? But I got to bring this out to you tomorrow to let us see, understand why these things have taken place and why certain things shouldn't take place and why God allows certain things to take place to the ones that has been delivered from the powers of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son according to the book of Colossians chapter 1. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you. See you tomorrow. Six. Call your family and friends to be with us on tomorrow. Amen. We believe it's going to be a blessing to them. God bless you.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.